Episode 17, Are You Too Tired to Try? Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And tonight we're going to talk about being tired and how that impacts your marriage. But before we get to that, and before we even start talking about our week, we want to share some uh, some lofty goals that we have set with you guys. We, uh, we know that many of you have been sharing our podcast, you've been forwarding the Marriage Mini marriage minute monday videos thank you so much everybody for doing this too and so we tony and i were sitting down last week and we're like what do you think what do you think our community can accomplish what do you think is the next the next step we're so excited we've got all of these um, options out there for you whether you listen to us on the podcast or you log in to the website and you know read the blog you can also sign up for the rss feed there as well Tony's got it all dialed in. You know, he's he's my tech guy. Um, but we we were talking and we Tony kind of said, well, what if? What if by the end of the year we had a thousand subscribers to, to the po- our podcast? To the podcast. And so, you know, we both kind of got, you know, eyes big as saucers and said, ooh, what would that be like? What would it be like if our community said, you know what? We like what we're hearing. We like what Tony and Elisa have to say. And we want our friends to to hear what the, what's going on. And quite honestly, you guys are the only way that we're going to get to that goal. Be- yep. Because it's, it's all word of mouth. You know, we don't have our faces plastered on a billboard somewhere and we don't have our TV Although show. Although that would be really cool. That would be cool. It, it's not like happened yet. Like lifelike Tony and Elisa heads. Okay, As- that scares me. <laughs> <laughs> that scares me. But really, it, it's, it's because of you that we are we are where we are. That we Amen. have totally that we have the subscribers that we do. That we have people checking us, you know, becoming fans or I guess it's like Likes now on, on Facebook. Facebook. Um, we still consider all of you guys our fans, and we love all of you. Yeah, I can't get my hand around this new like button thing, but you guys know what we're talking about. It's all about community. You are part of the one community. And we hope that you will help us reach this goal of mm-hmm. a thousand subscribers. And, and we're going to keep you posted. Um, again, the way that you can do it is by sharing sharing what you, what you enjoy about us with your friends. And to do that, you can just go to www.oneextraordinarymarriage.com. And you'll see right there on the bottom right-hand corner, there's a little iTunes icon just click that and that will bring you right up to uh, an iTunes uh, website and you can subscribe right there. He makes it so easy. It's nice. To, it's nice to have a tech guy. <laughs> he doesn't yes. think so at night when he's pulling his hair out, but I, 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 I can brag on him for, uh, for doing all the behind the scenes work. No, I, I, I just, I want it. I want to make it easy for everybody mm-hmm. to join up and to join in and to hear what we're doing. And, and because you know what? Ultimately, what it means is we're changing marriages. And mm-hmm. even though we haven't had much listener feedback here in the last couple of weeks, and if you would like to leave a voice message, please do. You can call at 858-754-9937. That is a 24-7 message. Call in. Leave your message. Let us know what we're doing or how you like what we're doing. 
You can give us a comment, a suggestion. You can even give us some ideas of future podcasts. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to ring our phone. We're not going to wake up. So leave it whenever you want. Which is great for those of you uh, in various other time zones who you know, worry about waking us up because we've actually had that comment from people before and mm-hmm. we don't even hear it ring. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. So, and I, I know we haven't had a lot, but we've been getting a, a load of emails from folks and mm-hmm. I, I want to thank all of you who have really spent some time going over our podcasts or even some of our blog postings, questioning what you're doing in your marriage, even questioning us at times and having some really awesome dialogue. I, I've been really enjoying that with you. It's so been, please please keep it coming. Definitely. And and as we are right around the corner from May, um, you know, the book is getting every step closer to becoming a reality. Very, very close. <laughs> it's almost there. We uh, we received the interior proof today and we just have to say we are so excited at the work that Lisa and her team at SixthSense.com are doing to make this book happen. Um, is that the right? Yes, it is. Okay. I looked it up. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's one of those untold blessings when you find somebody that you can work with and that tolerates all of our little quirks um, and back and forth like, ooh, could we just change this? And Lisa and her team have been been phenomenal and and if you want to thank lisa i'm going to tell you under our facebook fan page where i posted up our audacious goals to have 1000 subscribers lisa commented down there and if if you're out there and you want to just thank her for all the hard work she's done i would just and elisa would we'd appreciate that because she has done a phenomenal job helping us and you know lisa is part of this one community she's mm-hmm. here right right there with all of you guys and i, I want to thank her because she's she's put up with me for all these months which you know having done it for almost 14 years i can definitely say that's no easy uh, no easy task thank you so hey no problem i love you too you know um and again it's it's getting close and we are just having seen the interior proof today we are we're getting excited so to be able excited. to share this book with you with all of you um it's one of those kind of it sort of hits you to the core when you start to see your words take shape in a book. Um, it's been a dream for a long time and you know, we're getting close to having that dream become a reality. And, uh, you know, also want to say Tony had mentioned that we've been getting some emails and we've also had a number of you contacting us for the free 30 minute, uh, consultation for coaching. And, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, it's no obligation. You can just go to the coaching tab on the website at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Click on the free 30-minute consultation. It takes you to a contact form. Um, and then that goes to us. And then we get in contact with you and see where you are, where you want to take your marriage, and how coaching might work for you and your spouse. So we encourage you, if you haven't, um, or if you've kind of been thinking, well, maybe, maybe we should try this coaching thing. Click through for the, the coaching consultation and you know, let's see what we can't do together. Um, oh, I thought you were. I agree. Okay. Well, isn't that nice? He agrees. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get to our week. Let's get to our week. Well, we had mentioned last week that as a family, we were going to be participating in Sleepless San Diego, which is the... Uh, this was the fourth annual benefit sleep out 
to raise awareness and funds for the homeless, uh, the homeless problem here in San Diego. And, you know, we slept out last year with the kids. And this year, this year, it was really, it was really amazing to me. Well, I think we, we need to lead up to, to Saturday night when we slept out where we got some pretty heavy rains here in San Diego. I think we, I think in our little rain gauge in the backyard, we had an inch of rain over the course of two days. It rained on Wednesday and Thursday. And so we were looking at each other going, Oh no, it's going to rain on us. And this is going to be really miserable. And do we still do it? And we're checking the weather.com. And luckily the forecasters were right. Yay, forecasters. And so on Friday, it cleared up and we had a beautiful, balmy 70 degree day, mm-hmm. dried everything up. And then on Saturday, we ended up having another gorgeous day and it was in the mid 70s. So it, it dried everything up enough for us and the 400, I think almost 500 people who slept out yes. on Saturday night with us. And the interesting thing too is our kids um, were bickering and fighting all day Saturday. In fact, oh, we almost didn't make it. Well, Alex got so mad at us that he said, I'm not going. I'm not going to sleepless. And so, you know, even in the car on the way there, they were, I mean, it was just touching each other and, and just doing all of these. Here's the thing I don't understand is that how is it we get all the way up to the day of everybody's happy, ready to go cheer, cheery and loving it and then Saturday morning I come back from my bike ride and I'm not kidding you I was about to just turn around and leave again <laughs> Abby is screaming Alex is crying I was in a bad, bad you were place. in a bad mood I mean you'd thrown away Abby's Barbie doll <laughs> she threw it I was I, tired of toys being thrown I understand but I mean I, it, it was just one of those things where I was I was just going are you kidding me like we get up to the day of this event, everybody's been really excited about it, and it's to pot. I mean, I remember sitting in Alex's room telling him, "Son, we're going, and if you choose not to, you can stay home." And the crying and the wailing, and then I had to sort of backpedal because I didn't know who was going to stay home with him. Precisely, that was that was a good threat. I was trying to figure out how that yeah, you were going to actually was, carry that out. Yeah, I, I wasn't thinking that one through. But the reality was is that so literally until the time that we pulled in the parking lot. And opened the doors. The kids were at each other's throats and just yeah. And then we opened the car doors at the all par- of a in sudden, the parking in lot. the parking lot. And all of a sudden, two different kids emerged from the car. Totally different. I mean, it was more like Alex was going, "Hey, Dad, can I help with that?" And Abby's like grabbing a sleeping bag and, "Oh, I'll carry this." And everybody was cheery and happy and don't not, get it. Yeah, it was like a Twilight Zone. I don't get it. Sometimes. Twilight Zone and. And I have to share the story with Alex or about Alex because I, I forget sometimes how big that kid's heart is. And we had made Rice Krispie treats. He, you know, he's been asking me for probably a month and a half to make Rice Krispie treats. And they treats. came out really hard. I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Those were some of the worst Rice Krispie treats. I'm sorry. I know I didn't tell you it then, but I got to tell you, those, those were, were bad. <laughs> Dude, I, I seriously thought I was going to bust a tooth. Okay, it does. Usually they're good. I'm not really sure if I wasn't paying it. Anyhow, I, I understand. The rice krispie treats oh were. Gosh, they were. They, bad. Yeah. Anyway, so we take these rice krispie. They're very treats. just hard to chew. Yes, you've said that. Okay, I'm they, sorry. they get the point. The rice krispie treats were not good. Okay. The Have kid, you guys ever had bad rice krispie treats? <laughs> Enough. <laughs> the kids didn't care. They were so excited to have rice krispie treats. Right. And this is a story about Alex. Okay. Okay. 
not about the Rice Krispie treats. Okay. So we have this bag of Rice Krispie treats, and you know, one of the people that we were looking for that night was Mark, who is our contact at the rescue mission, good friend of ours. Um, so the minute we see him, Alex is like, "Mom, we have to get the Rice Krispie treats." So he runs back, and so we end up carrying this bag of Rice Krispie treats around, and we stop at one booth, the Ladle Kitchen. Yes. Which is a soup kitchen here in San Diego. And Tony strikes up a conversation with Scotty, one of the guys in the booth. And all of a sudden, I'm getting this like tug on my sleeve. Mom, mom. I'm like, hold on a minute. We're having a conversation here. No, mom, mom. And, 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 and this booth, they were actually giving out small cups of soup. That they that, serve. That they serve on Sundays. Every Sunday, they serve out in uh, in downtown San Diego. So I finally, you know, looked down at Alex. I'm like, what is it? <laughs> what, do you, what do you want? We're trying to have a conversation here. And he's like, mom, can I offer him one of the Rice Krispie treats? And it was in that moment that I thought, you know what? Once again, learning a life lesson from my kids about just stepping back and giving. You know, all he wanted to do was share his Rice Krispie treats with whomever he ran into. Mm-hmm. And I was too busy, you know, doing other stuff to pay attention. I'm like, you know, once again, there's the voice of God in a seven-year-old child. And it was really, you know, I told him later, it was one of those moments where I get a glimpse into the man that he's going to become with this giving heart. Mm-hmm. Granted, he'll probably still be, you know, beating on his little sister. But, you know, yeah. he has this heart and this compassion for other people and this willingness to give straight from his heart. And it was this really amazing glimpse into who he is. And I was like, oh, okay. That that right there really kind of sort of embodied the whole event yeah. for me. The giving so selflessly of this little guy who just wants to share the hardest Rice Krispie treats in America that night. Um, so we get the kids situated you know we've shared rice krispie treats and we get the kids situated and so finally it's like 9 30 and finally get little one down to sleep and alex is still he's fighting it too much excitement and 10 30 10 45 he goes to sleep mm-hmm. and we actually ended up with date night it was kind of an unexpected uh an unexpected date night but they were showing the movie the soloist which if you haven't seen it i strongly recommended it's an amazing story very good of uh, you know a homeless man True. and a reporter um in los angeles and um, the homeless man nathaniel Ayers, is a, a an unbelievably uh, um, amazing musician who you know through mental illness and whatnot found himself on the streets and it's the story of their friendship and what happens but tony and i got to yeah. watch a movie under the stars yeah kind of romantic i was like oh we should go to bed. But then it was like, you know what? This is like date night. We're not going to, we're not going to pass that up. So we go to sleep after midnight. Abby wakes up sometime in the wee hours calling out for me. And then the event coordinators wake us up at, I don't know, 545 in the morning. Yep. So. That's why it's called sleepless. Yeah. Which means that the next day, everybody is over tired. Yeah. Which really is where this week's podcast came from um, because the reality is, is that we are all juggling lots and lots of things. We don't get enough sleep. We have 
so much stuff on our plates that sometimes it's like, oh, well, do we stay up? And, you know, especially for us, you know, the last couple of months where, you know, we used to be in bed by 10. And now if we get to bed at 10, you know, we're doing like the happy dance going, oh my gosh. We're making love. Or going to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) It depends on where we are in the week and whose night it is. That's just true too. But most nights we're up till midnight or later. Most nights we're up till midnight. And, you know, so you do start to find yourself running on sleep deprivation. And Yeah, fatigue. I mean, for me, a lot of the fatigue has led to me not being able to get on my bike as much as I'd like to in the recent past. And that's sort of frustrating for me because, you know, pursuing a balanced life is part of that is being on my bike and, you know, staying up late or getting up early to do some other things and then working a long day and then doing it over and over and over again. I've noticed my cycling has taken a hit. That's been a bummer. And Tony's mental health when he doesn't ride takes a hit. I mean, no. you've, been, you've been pretty balanced, but it, it yeah, definitely well, this impacts year, you yeah, well, when this you year don't get I don't, to ride. Well, this year I don't have any major goals. That helps us. That helps a lot because I'm not so focused on having to do a double century and all the training that goes with it and doing it three times in a year. So that allows for a lot of... Um, just ease i'm not trying to constantly push myself farther and farther so i'm ready for my double centuries well and i think i think we've learned a lot about how we handle fatigue in our marriage too and how that impacts us because i know you know in the early years and even as recently as a few years ago i have not been one to handle sleep deprivation very well um you're looking at that's saying it very nicely you don't get up with our children at night I wake up. Uh, okay. For all of you mothers out there or fathers who are the ones that wake up, you know there's a big difference between waking up and getting up. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Uh, you know, and I'm not going to draw it on gender lines because I know some of you out there, you know, the dads are the ones that wake up and, you know, congratulations. Um, I'm glad to know that there are some husbands that do get up. Tony does, but only when I'm stuck in a bedroom with the other child. Uh, so anyway that's just the way we've rolled right and yet when it happens too many nights in a row i find myself it definitely affects all forms of intimacy in our marriage absolutely you know it it becomes one of those situations where it's it's hard for me to talk because my brain's not even functioning and Mm -hmm. it it affects my mood and my attitude you know it's hard to let the little things roll off your back when you're tired and it just feels like you're constantly being you get very snippy i do you get very i can i can tell right off the bat when you're getting sleep deprived or you're fatigued you're you're very snippy you're very to the point of just even even physically like if i come up to you and want to give you a kiss or a hug it, it just isn't gonna happen you're just very turned off by it and sometimes that's very irritating because i'm trying to get you out of your doldrums and you're just sort of like, eh, I want to stay in my doldrums. Sometimes you just want to be in a mood. I understand. I don't have those. Yeah. You don't. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, but or at least I try not to. You try not to. I think that's because you don't have somebody saying mommy in your ear all day long. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's that good helps. for me. Yeah. <laughs> that is good for you. But the fact is, is that, Tony's right. I mean, when I'm very, very tired, I don't necessarily want to be intimate with him. 
I'm tired already. You know, I gave it the office. I'm done. And, you know, it's been over the last couple of years where I've had to step back and say, okay, you know what? Me being tired really is only my problem. I need to be conscious of the fact and not make this a family problem. Mm -hmm. You know, trying to keep the snippiness to a minimum, which doesn't always work. I was going to say, how, how, how are you doing in that area? That's an area I'm working on. It, it's not easy for me because that's, that's like my first reaction. You actually have been very good because I think you realize now when I'm very tired, you send me to go take a nap. You've been doing that more. Yeah. Well, I, I figure you just go get your nap, get it out of the way and let's move on. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I see it. I sense it. And I know there's nothing good going to come out of, of moving forward. Yeah. Moving forward if you're awake. So I figured just give you some time to re- relax and rest and hopefully it rejuvenates you so you can come back to the living and into the family. Well, and that's, I think that's a big thing. I think, you know, your patience and understanding, um, goes a long way towards helping me kind of work through, you know, just sort of getting, you know, getting out of that doldrums and okay, you're like, at least you need, you need some time. Just mm-hmm. go lay down. I'll wake you up in half an hour. Um, the cool thing though, like after sleepless, we knew from the get go that we were going to go to nap. I mean, we were telling the kids, Hey, even on Saturday, we're like, Hey kids, okay, this is what we're doing. We're going to sleepless. We're not going to sleep much. We'll get up. We'll have breakfast. Uh, we'll wash up. We'll go to church at nine. We'll do the 9 a.m. service. We'll get home. And we were thinking, oh, you know what? We'll just hang out, do lunch, and then do an afternoon nap. But we were so tired. We did we did morning movie. And at that point, me, you, and Abby conked out. Mm-hmm. Alex watched his movie. And, you know, once we woke up in early afternoon, we did our lunch. We, we hung out. We cleaned up uh, all of our stuff from Sleepless. And as the afternoon wore on, Alex finally just conked out. Poor kid. He was. <laughs> so we knew just coming off of sleepless, knowing where we were going to be at. Right. We needed to have sleep on Sunday. Yeah. And we had actually, you know, not planned anything specifically mm-hmm. for that day, knowing that there was no way it was going to be feasible. And so, you know, I think that's part of it. If you have something coming up that you know, you know, whether it's working late or, you know, having to get up early, you need to look at your schedule and say, you know what, I can't do something the next day or I can't overcommit myself on the back end of that because I'm not going to have the internal resources to be able to do that well without feeling completely overwhelmed. You know where my heart goes out though right now? My heart goes out to the many men and women out there who are working 10, 11, 12 hour days, mm-hmm. day after day. You know, you and I don't do that. Right. We're, we're blessed that I have my own business. You've been a stay at home mom. You have another business that you started a year and a half. You know, we have a lot of flexibility. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it has to be tough for these guys and gals who are working 10, 11, 12 hour days. Oh, agreed. You, you know what I mean? And I think that's the hard part for a lot of couples 
And we've heard it in, in some of our small groups mm-hmm. where folks are going, hey, you know what? We want to be intimate, but gosh, my work is keeping me out for 10, 11, 12 hours a day. I'm stressed out. You know, I don't have anything. A nap isn't going to make it any better. Right. You know, and one thing I'm all about is pursuing that a balanced life. If work is taking that much out of you, I think you got to start thinking, is this the way I'm going to live my life? Is this how I'm going to go for the rest of my life? And I know money's important and I know we need to keep a roof over our head and food on the table. But man, you may want to start thinking about what can you do? Can you take a day off somewhere? Can you do a half a day somewhere? Can you... Can you have a flex schedule? Um, these are all things that I have brought up to guys that I talk with on a daily basis in our small groups. Um, you know, there's a lot that can happen. I think you got to just make the choice to do that. Mm. You know, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a plug out to Dan Miller. And mm-hmm. you can check him out at 48days.com. And Dan Miller is a is a big career life coach and his book 48 Days to the Work You Love it's it's all about finding a passion within you and finding the work that you love. Now it doesn't necessarily have to be self-employment. He's saying you can even find work that you truly love and are happy to go to and it fits who you are. And so I would suggest to anybody who just feels like they're in a rut career wise that maybe they check out Dan's book. Well, and I know that's something that you've actually recommended to a number of people that you've talked to. I I went through you remember years ago. Years yeah. ago. I mean, I even sat down with Dan mm-hmm. many, many years ago when I was in a rut with my work going, geez, is this what it's all about? Getting up. I mean, I was getting up at four thirty in the morning, driving two hours. Mm-hmm. To beat traffic into LAX. Right. You know. We both were. Yeah. Work eight hours. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have to sit on the darn 91 freeway, get home at six o'clock at night, you know, or well, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know six. six, you know, I'd get home at six. You'd get home a little bit after that. Yeah. I mean, we were out for 14 hours a day. We didn't even see each other. Right. And we were so darn fatigued. I, I think those were the days when it... it I can look back and go, that was a big problem in our marriage. And we didn't even have kids. I couldn't even imagine if I was gone 14 hours a day to walk home to see the kids for an hour and then do it again and again and again. And then the weekend hits and you're just dead tired. And that's when you have to do all the other stuff that you can't do during the week. During the week. So I, I think that's a big, big issue that everyone needs to look at. And we know there are no easy answers. Um, there aren't. You know, it's one of those things where when you're trying to trying to get your life in balance, trying not to live this fatigued lifestyle, which so many people find themselves in, it's hard to say, okay, you know what? What has to give or what can I, you know, where can I catch up and feel more restful? Um, you know, what can I say no to so that I don't have, you know, again, Sunday we planned nothing 
after sleepless so that we weren't going to feel rushed or burdened or overwhelmed. The only thing we planned was going out to dinner. Yeah, because I didn't want to cook. Right. I was. But I'm just saying that, that was the one thing we did plan. Which almost didn't happen because of a tantrum, but. Yes, yeah, see. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's, you know, we've made lifestyle choices so that we can have, you know, for us, we, we made the choice to have. Right. But I, I also want to say early on when I launched my business, it wasn't where it is today. Absolutely not. I mean, I was busting my butt six days a week. I typically took Sunday off. You know, it was a, it was a grind And now seven years later, I'm able to make a schedule the way I want it. Mm-hmm. I, I've really worked it out so that I can do certain things at certain times. So there's always going to be, there's going to be a point where you have to put that extra time in. It's just, do you want to do it on the long haul day after day after day? Or do it short term to create, right? to create something different. Um, you know, and that's, that's a question that each person has to answer for themselves. And, and we're just talking about work. I mean, we could get, we, and we should get into the whole stay at home mom. I mean, that in itself is fatiguing, especially when you have newborns and youngins, you know, you got a toddler running around mm-hmm. and then you got your newborn there. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, the, the constant fatigue that hits is unreal. Well, yeah. I mean, you've got a newborn who's eating, you know, throughout the night. So you're up every three, four hours. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, for us, when we had Abby, Alex was three, no naps. Do we even have intimacy back then? Well, we must have. We had Abby. I understand. But <laughs> I'm trying to remember back to the point of after no. Abby was born you know, even some months after, you know, three, four, six months after she was born. I, I mean, really, we did. We'd it. have sex, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it intimacy. Um, and, and I think that's because my reserves were so drained at that point in time, and it was just an adjustment of, okay, what's going on? And I don't think there are any resources for us to even go to. Probably not. I. I. I probably blocked that time out <laughs> like it seems yeah. it seems she's four and a half now it seems like a long long time ago but i remember there even there are just stages in our life where the fatigue that you incurred having the kids and all the things that you had to deal with staying up late feeding them and all that mm-hmm. I, I mean our intimacy all of it you know from communicating with each other to just going out recreationally doing stuff together to sexually. I mean, it was, it wasn't there at Mm -hmm. all. I I would agree with you. I think, you know, I think children obviously early on in a marriage um, or early on in their lives, you know, because they are so needy. Mm -hmm. Where are you out? Right. Um, You know, and that's, that's a season of life. Um, Fortunately they do grow up and then they have different needs and they still wear you out, but it's, it's different. Um, I, I think what I would suggest though to anybody who is in that stage, at least, at least tackle the communication. You know, constantly be talking to your spouse, both guys and gals, husband and wives need to be talking to each other about how they're dealing with this time in their lives. 
it, you need to communicate because I think that's one thing Elisa and I didn't do during this time. I mean, we just sort of pushed our way through it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to end soon and we just cut sheer know, force, sheer force. We're going to just push our way through it and it's all going to be better. And you, you know what? I think one thing I've learned over the years is that if we would have been communicating more through all this and just talking about, okay, Elisa, especially on my side, where are you fatigued? How can I, how can I unload some of that burden from you? You know, what could I do? And it may have been as simple as just making a dinner once or twice a week. Ooh, that would have been nice. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know, you're going through a stage of life and Mm -hmm. you are going to come out on the other end. I mean, look at Elisa and I now, I mean, we got a seven and seven and a four and a half year old and you know, we're having sex twice a week and loving it. I mean, you're going to get through it, but I think we could have done a lot more. Well, and I think, I think regardless of whether you're dealing with children or you're dealing with jobs that are demanding a lot of your time, or maybe, you know, maybe you've got parents you're taking care of. I mean, there are all of these different things that can wear you out. And so regardless of what that is, the communication point, you know, that's key. It's, it's important to let our spouses know, you know what, here's what's wearing me out. Here's what I have on my plate right now. And I, you know, I'm trying to keep all these balls in the air and I can't, you know, can you right. make a dinner? Can you do the laundry? I mean, in the last couple of months, I've seen Tony just, you know, he talked about this a little bit last week when we were talking about service um, in episode 16, but you know, he just does stuff now. You know, I don't have to ask him to, you know, Hey, can you, you know, can you throw a load in? Or I mean, sometimes I do, but it's not like, it doesn't carry the same weight to my question. Like sometimes I, in the past, I think I would do it almost accusingly. Like, could you at least put a load of laundry in? And now it's like, Hey, I'm running out with the kids. Can you just toss a load in and I'll mm-hmm. get it. There, there's a different tone. I feel, I don't know if you feel it. Oh, totally. Um, oh yeah. I, there's, there's completely a different tone. But I think that's because we spend so much time talking and being more in tune to what's going on with each other to say, you know what? Something's not quite right. You know, are you, are you tired? Are you, and Are you frustrated? But, but this goes back to our blog post, The Veil of Perfection. Mm-hmm. It's taking that veil down and being truthful and honest with your spouse. You know, it, it's it's really diving down into some of these deeper issues. Agreed. And letting it all down. So that way, when we get to that point of frustration and fatigue, if something comes up, it's not something new and earth shattering. It's okay, Elisa is tired or Tony is tired. Take a rest. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. You, you know, I, I think it still comes back to if you're hiding stuff and your spouse doesn't know what's going on, when all of a sudden you are fatigued and beat down and you don't tell them what's happening prior to that, then it seems like it blows up. Mm. I, or, I, yeah. or there's a shutdown like you would do. Right. You know, in, in our family, it was more of a shutdown on your part. Mm-hmm. I would blow up on Alex. Right. Right. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's got their own way of handling their fatigue. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, once they get overtired, how they respond to triggers and, and well, stimuli. the stress and the mm-hmm. anxiety hits you too. And, right. And, and, you know, some people will blow up. Some people will shut down. Some people will get physical. Um, you know, and so it's it's heading off those reactions 
by diffusing the situation before it becomes massive. Mm-hmm. You know, and you do that through giving your spouse patience and understanding, you know, having the communication with them, you know, and being able to read some of the, you know, some of their body signals so that you can say, Hey, you know, are you tired? And if so, why don't you, why don't you go rest or I'll take care of the kids or I'll make dinner or do laundry or, you know, we'll just get out of your hair. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll take the kids to the park for an hour. Um, you know, those types of other things. It's, it's understanding that when your spouse is tired, probably not the best time to tackle those big conversations. No. You know, because you're not going to make, you're not going to have a good conversation. And, you know, it, it's, it's not going to be pretty. If, if somebody's tired, they're not going to make a well-informed decision. You know, you want to, you want to judge what's going on in your life and make good decisions for your family based on what the current situation is. If somebody's really tired, wait till tomorrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, unless it's an emergency, you know, it has to be answered right away. I think that's yeah. easier said than done. Because we think everything's an emergency? No, I, I think what ends up happening in, in many situations is if somebody's home and they're festering on something, Right. If you're at home and you're festering on something and I've been out on a long day and then all of a sudden I walk through the door all hunky door. I have no clue what's going on. I walk through the door and all of a sudden you may know I'm tired, but all of a sudden you hit me over the head with something and boom, it goes into an argument. Mm, I see what you're saying. I mean, I think what you're saying is great and it's well prescribed, but I, I, I think what ends up happening is... Someone's at home, it's festering, it's festering. That person who is tired walks through the door and boom, they get they get bopped over the head. And that's probably more the reality than than you know, to taking the time out. Right. And I think that's some I mean, that's something that we work on. You know, I I try not to Well, we talk a lot during the day. We have the opportunity to talk a lot. And so we, we work through a lot of, or I don't say we work through a lot of, but we do put out a lot of little fires before I would even get home. Right. We have that luxury. Yeah. Because we're, we're talking, we're talking, we're talking. So, I mean, for folks who don't have that opportunity, maybe their spouse is behind a computer all day long and they can't be mm-hmm. disturbed. And, and to that end, then you know, in your marriage, you need to figure out a strategy so that you aren't having these, you know, your spouse walks in the door and gets beat over the head with whatever the latest fire is. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe there's a 10 minute zone where, you know, I've heard of couples who, you know, like the first 10 minutes that somebody walks in the door Mm -hmm. is kind of a de-stress time. You know, we don't talk about the bad stuff. We don't, you know, we don't hit on any of that. That's just, yeah. that's like a cool down time. I've heard that too. Um, or, you know, I remember reading a story once where, and I, I think it's more like a, a folk story or something like that, where, you know, there was a tree outside this one person's house and they would like kind of, you know, just touch the tree as they were coming, you know, leaving their, leaving their bad stuff on the doorstep, mm, you know, cool. almost in a prayer or, you know, kind of just giving that, not bringing it into the home. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the reality is, is I know you don't share a lot of, the crap that you deal with at work 
you you have your buddies you know that doesn't come into our home you, you leave most of that in your car out in San Diego I don't really hear any of the you know if you had a lousy day with a client or I, I don't hear about any of that you I wouldn't say any of it you hear about it I tell you very little happening. very little you have told me that you don't tell me very much and that's because you don't bring that into our home that's a choice you've made right well I, I just don't I mean, I let you know about certain clients that are bugging me, but I don't, um, I don't fester on them or just constantly go over and over and over, you know, here at the house about, it. I, I'd let you know about what's happening and then I just move on. I, I'm one of those guys that just wants to move on. I, I think there's, there's a brighter day tomorrow. I'm, I always believe that tomorrow is a brighter day. Tomorrow, today's going to end. Tomorrow's going to be brighter. So let's just keep on going. I'm not going to. I'm not going to fester on the past. And that's just me. I mean, I used to fester on the past. I used to hate my life. thought it sucked. You know? Mm-hmm. And I just, I was getting destroyed by it. I mean, the fatigue and the tiredness and the stress and the anxiety. I mean, I was just, I was tired by, by it all. I was, I was just beat down by it all. And so I don't know when it came about. I wish I could say, remember what, cha- what changed, and uh, yeah, I wish I could remember some of this, the, these, these smaller, minute details of when and why. I don't know. I, I just know it, it came to a point where I was done with it, and I just made a decision to move on. You know, a lot of it has for me has to do with the books I was reading. Hmm. A lot of it, you know, some of the stuff was from Dan Miller years ago. I remember, you know, just even reading Dave Ramsey stuff. A number of other books, you know, Napoleon Hill. I'm trying to think of some of these other guys that I was listening to. Earl Nightingale. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just started listening to that stuff. And I started filling my mind with that stuff. And I and I remember just diving more and more into the Bible. And just leaning and putting all of that weight of stress and the anxiety and the fatigue I was feeling from starting the business. And, and just laying that on God's lap. And just going, dude, I'm done. That's so that's so interesting that you mentioned that because I remember I think it was with Alex when I was just, you know, incredibly fatigued and wondering if my child was ever going to um, ever going to sleep through the night. And, you know, really got to the point where I'm like, I have nowhere else. I have nowhere else to go. And I remember looking up. um, I think I remember looking up rest in the Bible and, and, you know, came up with. Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty. 30, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And amen to that. Which, which verse is that again? That's Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 in the NIV. Wow. That, that's, that's, that's heavy. That's and, good stuff. And you know, it, it's become one of my verses. Um, that I, you know, fall back on. Yeah. And I typically just deal with the 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Mm-hmm. You know, God's there. He is. And, and, you know, Tony, you talk about how you just got to the point where, you know, you were digging into the Bible and just laying it all, laying it all there for God to say, you know what? I, I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to feel this way. You know, for me, when I get really, you know, beat down and tired. I'm like, okay, God, I need your help. Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to do too much of this by myself on my own, the way I want it done. 
and I have to say, you know what? I'm probably, I'm probably doing too much on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the verses that has always struck me and, and allows me to just put everything at, at the feet of God is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians four thirteen. Mm-hmm. you know, and that was one of those verses I do remember reading over and over and saying over and over in my head is that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God, the power that he has given me is flowing through my body and that will strengthen me. And so as I just continue to pray to him, I, I just remember just, you know, little by little stressors would just be gone, mm-hmm. you know? the tiredness that I was having would just be gone, you know, cause I was just leaving it at the doorstep. I wasn't festering on it anymore, but I was just leaving it at his feet and just letting him deal with it. You know, I wish I would remember that more often in my life. Well, and I think, I think that's something that we all, we all can work on. Cause there's just, you know, there's a lot going on in people's lives and it's hard not to be tired. Right. I think with, you know, between work and, you know, spending time on the internet or watching TV or just doing all the things that we want to do, you know, it wears us down. Mm -hmm. And so I would, my prayer for all of you this week would be that you would find some time for rest with your spouse, you know, whether it's just making the decision to turn off the TV one night and just, you know, sit on the couch together, just hold each other and, you know, cuddle have some time where you're present with your spouse and you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. You know, just be with your spouse. Turn off the computers, turn off the TV, you know, don't answer the phone. Let let yourself be rejuvenated with the one that loves you most. Mm-hmm. A- and make that make that be an effort this week. Um you know, as, as we wrap up this week's podcast, I do want to let you guys know what's going to be going on with us next week. We, uh, we have an interview with Jason and Kelly Kraftsky and they have written the book, Facebook and your marriage and reading this book. One, the format that they chose, um, is amazing. I love it because (laughs) it, the book reads and looks like Facebook pages, you know, with little pictures and questions and they really go in depth not only on how to use Facebook and how, you know, I mean, they talk about everything from poking to, you know, setting up your privacy settings. So all of the technical stuff, mm-hmm. but they really, their heart is for married couples and it comes through in this book. Um, and about all of the threats to marriage. Yes. That Facebook and social media Facebook specifically, but you know, all of the internet world, you know, there's a lot of threats out there to our marriages. And so we're very excited um, to be talking with them. And are we, are we playing that podcast next Thursday? Is that the plan or do we know yet? This would be the, yeah. we're interviewing them on Tuesday. So yeah. that'll, yeah. yeah, it'll be, it'll be episode 18. 18. Yep. Um, so those of you listening this week, if there are specific questions that, you would love to um, hear the Kraftsky's answer or, you know, we've, like I said, we've got a copy of the book. Would love to hear from you 
this week, you can send us an email at askalisa at oneextraordinarymarriage.com or ask Tony at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Um, we would love to be able to ask those questions, post those questions to the Craftskies on behalf of the One community. And, you know, or you call in, call in at the 858-754-9937 question. Um, we'll play the question and get their answer and, and have some dialogue. You know, Facebook is very real. People are spending, what did you tell me the other day, an average of? Seven hours a month. Seven hours a month on Facebook. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm well above that. Yes, you are. I, I skew that average um, to the high side. But, you know, we've also, Tony and I have set up boundaries mm-hmm. um, in terms of who we are friends with and things like that. And so I'm very excited to hear what the Craftskies are going to have to say and share with all of you. But again, if you have questions um, about Facebook and your marriage, we'd love to hear from you. We, we thank you every week um, for being a part of this community. We said it at the beginning of the show, you make this community what it is. Yep. Through your comments, through your support, through your prayers. If it wasn't for you, Tony and I would not have the luxury once a week to sit down and have these conversations. Mm -hmm. And so as always, it is something that we will continue to do. We want to say thank you to each and every one of you. You are incredibly important to us. So tell all your friends and family to subscribe. (laughs) He was waiting for that (laughs) opening. He was just waiting for that. I just want to remind you guys, tell them all. We want, help us reach that goal. We want to change people's marriages. Which is which is really our ultimate goal. That's right. It, it's not so much to have a thousand subscribers. That's, That's a number. Right. That's but, true. Tony's the numbers guy. I am. That's a number. But more importantly, you could be sharing a resource for somebody to improve their marriage. Or if they've got a good marriage, to make it even better. Mm-hmm. You could be giving a friend a gift. And we hope that you see, you know, that you are part of something bigger. And so we just want to say thank you for that. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Love you guys.